there's only one difference tonight, and that's, I want you to see it. We always see it looking down at Calvary. We see its pain. We see its gruesome picture of death. Because there's nothing beautiful about Calvary. Don't anybody think so? Down 2,000 years, we've learned to wear our crosses. We've learned to glorify that place called Calvary. And somehow or other, it's become part of our tradition and it's become part of our uh, feeling and part of our sensitivity. And, and we get very soft and we get very mellow. And that's, that's all right. That's beautiful. I just want you to know that Calvary was maybe one of the ugliest spots of the world. It was one of the most painful spots, that's for sure. I want you to see today Calvary as a picture of heaven. It's a little different. I, I, I don't want to look this way. I want to look that way. And I hope you can see it, and I know you can, and I know you will. I say Calvary is a picture of heaven because that's the place we couldn't go to. That's the place we didn't have entrance to. That's the place we didn't have a passport. That's the place that was closed to us. That's the place that sin had barred from us. So heaven, as we know of it, as the place where God lives, as the place where believers go to live with him, and as a place that will become a tremendous reality Amen. in due time. I want you to see Calvary that way tonight. Jesus from the cross says, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. I want you to see this in terms of Calvary. I want you to see this in terms of heaven. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they're doing. I want you to see that heaven holds for us a father that forgives. Heaven holds for us a father that forgives. And just as Jesus asked his father to forgive that ugly crowd, you see, he knew something about the father. And he knew that there were things that could stir the father up. And he knew through moments of history and being one with the father that there was times when God's judgment just flowed from heaven upon things that he saw. But now Jesus says, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they are doing. Don't ever think that this word means a blanket of forgiveness for everybody. No. Forgiveness will never be a freebie. Forgiveness will never be an automatic. Forgiveness will never be, whether you want it or not, here, take it. Never. Forgiveness is a gift from God that has to be accepted, that has to be wanted, that has to be desired, that has to be called out and said, forgive me, Father. This is what Jesus says to his Father. And that's why Calvary, I can see heaven in Calvary, a Father that forgives. Then we have a response 
that we never expected to get it so quickly. There's a thief at Calvary who has committed murders, who is there because he deserves to be there. A thief that's there because he got caught. A thief that's there because he deserves. And that thief looks at Jesus and guess what? He sees what he's never seen before. Can't explain it. Can't analyze it. All he knows is that he's looking at a face and he's hearing a voice that's not like any other face. As marred as he is, as bloody as the face is, as intense as the thorns are on his brow, this man looks up and he says to his buddy, the one on the other side of the cross, we're here because we deserve to be here. But he shouldn't be here. And the other fellow still has a lot of spunk and a lot of life. And he looks up at Jesus. He says, why don't you get down? And when you get down, take us with you. Oh, don't you, don't you like people that have ideas on the spur of the moment? Yes. People that can really take advantage. What this buddy was having was a revelation what this buddy was having was wanting to cop out. Quite different. And I love the way Jesus handles it. He looks over at the thief that said, remember me. And you know what he said? Today, you'll be with me in paradise. Not only do we have a God that forgives, but we have a Savior that though the work was not finished in that instant, gave someone a guarantee of redemption. And I have to say to you, reminds me of heaven, because heaven will be a place for the forgiven. Matter of fact, that's the only prerequisite to get into heaven. You've got to be forgiven. And isn't it nice to know it's not hard to get forgiven? We lay trips on ourselves. We make it very difficult. We indulge our guilt until it binds us. Yet there's one that says, come unto me, and I'll give you rest. I'll forgive you. And so when I look at Calvary, I see a God who forgives, but I see a place For the forgiven and that's heaven as you look down you will see that Jesus says to his mother woman behold thy son son behold thy mother pastor Amy you see heaven there oh yes I'll tell you why I see heaven there I share this with you heaven is a place for those who believe but don't fully and don't always understand the intricacies of faith. In other words, it's a place for the faithful, but it's a place for people that are walking with God and have a lot of questions. 
Don't anybody here get the idea that you walk with God and you know it all. Don't anybody think that you walk with God and say, oh, by faith I'm going to get this and by faith I'm going to get that and by faith... No, you don't. You walk day by day. And every now and then, you're a little scared. Anybody scared with me? Thank you. I love you. I love you. Because I meet people who say, no, you've got to be strong in your faith. Well, <laughs> amen, sister. <laughs> I, I ain't going to argue. I'm just telling you, and I'll say it to you, that I see heaven in this relationship. Because heaven is a place for those that believe, but don't always know how it's going to work out. I want you to know that Jesus' relationship with his mother was one of the most difficult relationships on the face of the earth. She was the chosen vessel. She was the virgin from Galilee. She was the pure woman. She was the one that God favored, and she was favored. And sometimes we evangelicals get a little pushed out of shape when somebody says the Immaculate Conception. Well, it was an Immaculate Conception. She was a virgin, had never known a man. And the seed that filled her bosom was the Holy Ghost. She was the vessel. God was the seed. And Jesus was birthed. But every now and then she felt she had claims on him. Every now and then she ran after her little boy. People would say, Mary, your son is like a madman. Everybody's following him in the hills. Go, go find him. Bring him home. They're going to kill him. And she would take off looking for her boy. And when she couldn't get into a full house, she'd say, tell my son, I'm waiting for him here. And then the answer would come. My mother and my brother and my sisters are those that hear the word of God and obey. And he would not go out to greet her. And you say, what, 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 oi, uh, what is it? Heaven is a place for those that believe, but we don't always understand. It was at a wedding when she says to him, they have no wine. Please do something for them. And he looks at her and he says, what do you have to do with me? Why are you bothering me? She very quietly walks away, but whispers, whatever he tells you to do, do it. And away she goes. You see, Sister Amy, uh, you, see, you see heaven here? Yeah. Because when she brought that baby to the temple, there was a simeon there that said, a sword, a spear will pierce your heart. You will not fully understand this child. Can you imagine the 12-year-old when he says this? She says, My, Jesus, where have you been? We've been looking for you for two days. And he looks up and he says, I must be about my father's business. If Amy Cortese were his mother, 
I would tell him what my business is. A spear will pierce your heart. What does that mean? It means you've been given something that's not yours. He belongs to the whole universe. He belongs to every aching heart, to every sin-sick child, to every lonely human being. But you know what I love about this? I love the fact that heaven will be a place for the faithful because Jesus puts his mother's care into the hands of John, the apostle of love. Mother, son, behold thy mother. And he takes her into his household and cares for her. Jesus fulfills the promise, honor thy mother and thy father. He honors her by making sure she is well kept. And John gets the promise of longevity, for he is the oldest of the apostles, over a hundred years old before he died. Heaven's a place for those that believe, but don't always understand the intricacies of their faith or of the God that has called them. Oh, I love that. I love that because there are people that want everything clear. There are people that want contracts. People want people to sign on dotted lines. People want everything to be straight, never to, to, to go from one side to another. Sometimes we insist that our religion not move, hold steady. Oh, no. To believe in God brings tears. To believe in God brings tremendous question marks. To believe in God brings tremendous pain. To believe in God lights up a why within our bosom that could drive us crazy. And it's only by his grace that we don't go crazy. Why? Why? The next verse is, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? You say, Sister Amy, you see heaven there? I don't see heaven there. I see a painful Savior. I see a very lonely Savior. I see a very exhausted Savior. Let me read the verse to you again. My God, my God. Why? I said it has wise. Don't be afraid. Jesus had a few too. Why? Why? Why has thou forsaken me? I see heaven there because Jesus cries out to his father and he finds out that heaven is a place that has been self-emptied self for redemption. Isn't that interesting? Heaven is a place 
that's been self-emptied for redemption. My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Because at this time, God cannot look at his son because his son is not the son. It's not the son of purity. It's not the son of power. It's not the son of, of, of all, all, all God. It's a son that's emptied out himself and took upon himself a human form and has become for us a sacrifice. My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Folks, I want to tell you something. I was using a word today, and somebody said to me, don't use that word, because it's, it's, it's too raunchy, it's too earthy, it's too down here. Get a better word. I'm going to give you the better one, but later I'm going to give you mine. I see heaven in this cry because it's a God who took a chance for us. You say, Sister Amy, what do you mean took a chance? God is God. God doesn't take chances. Well, for our redemption, he did. The word I used was he gambled. And I like it in Spanish because it holds such strength. Dios se jugó el todo por el todo. God gambled it all for this moment of redemption. And guess what? Jesus could not see the Father. That moment could not speak to him. At that moment, the Father didn't even look at him. Why? Because at that moment, he became the lamb. At that moment, he became the sacrifice. At that moment, he became the one that would die for us. But I've got to tell you something. You say, Sister Amy, where do you see heaven? Well, when we get there, one of the great times that we are going to have around the throne of God will be when we sing, Worthy is the Lamb. Worthy is he that was slain. Worthy is he that died. Worthy is the Lamb. And even after the great judgment seat of Christ, when saints are blessed with crowns and with jewels and with gifts and with homes, the saints will remove their crowns. The saints will take their jewels and place them at the feet of Jesus. So he's now saying, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? It's just that we might make it there to praise and worship him. Hallelujah. For that's the way it is. Jesus said, I thirst. Sometimes we've romanticized this word, but there's no romance in it. I thirst is the cry of agony. I thirst means my throat is parched. My tongue has swollen to fill my whole mouth. My body is burnt. My hands are crushed. My body dehydrates. 
and everything that's human is leaving me. I thirst. I thirst. Folks, I see heaven because in this agony, the price was paid so that heaven could have a family of those born here on earth. The price, a crushed body. Yeah, yeah, it's so beautiful. And then Jesus cried out and said, it's finished. I want to tell you something about it's finished. It's a place for completed relationships. It's a place where promises and fulfillment come together. It's the place of kissing. It's the place of embracing. It's the, pra- it's the place where we say, we did not believe in vain. God said to Eve, from your seed, from the seed of the woman, would come the one that would crush Satan's head. And at Calvary, he was crushing Satan. Yes, he was. And guess what? It was finished. Adam and Eve, you goofed. You took us into this whole world of sin. But guess what? The seed of the woman has been victorious. And heaven is going to be filled with people that made it because the seed of the woman made it. It's finished. I think of the cry from the heart of Abraham. A little boy, he's only 12 years old and he's heading up a hill and his father's going to make an altar. And the boy is sharp and he's keen and he's smart. He says, Daddy, we've got the wood and we've got everything and everything's ready, but we don't have the sacrifice. And the father looks down at the son and he says, God will provide. Here's where this relationship completes. Abraham is the one that says, my God will provide. And Jesus now says it's finished. Abraham, I provided. I provided. I think also in the sense of Job and in the sense of David and in the sense of Moses and in the sense of the prophets, every prophecy. You know what Jesus was saying? First he was saying to the angels, We've made it. It's done. It's finished. Can you see the dance of the angels? Can you see the wings going out? Can you see the rejoicing of heaven? Jesus has said, it's finished. Oh, such majesty, such glory. When he says it's finished, I see heaven because heaven's a place for completed relationships. You know, see, we've just started our relationship with Jesus. We're like sweethearts. We're walking hand in hand. You know what I mean. And every now and then we have a fight with our sweetheart. Isn't it the truth? And you fight with Jesus the same way. Hey, Lord, I thought this was going to be better. Lord, this hasn't gotten better. I mean, I serve you and I'm in so much trouble, so much hot water. I used to make it easier. I used to do it better. My life is very complicated with you. Oh, I love that. Oh, I love it. 
I love it because that's the truth. Remember the story I've told you about the 83-year-old lady in my father's church? She came up for a birthday. She had accepted the Lord two years before. And she was so thrilled we handed her a microphone. We said, Sister, say something for the Lord. She says, I've known Jesus for two years, and my life has never been so difficult like in these last two years. <laughs> I looked at my little old lady. I was sitting with my dad somewhere up here, and I ran down and I embraced her. I said, honey, that proves you're on the right road. Sometimes we think because we get cold, we get indifferent, uh, uh, we don't fully understand. We start to make our, our separations, and we start to say, no, no, I'm not like this, and I'm not like that, and I'm not... Oh, I love the Lord. You know what? He hears it. And you know what he says? What I had to do is finished. Now, I'm not finished with you yet, but I'm working on you. And you know what Jesus says? I won't let you go. Don't you love him? I ain't going to let you go. Why? Because that's where we want to be. It is finished. And then Jesus ends up just like he started. Father, into thy hands I commend my spirit. Would you help me? Would you come with me? Would you let me use my imagination? And if I sound sacrilegious, bear with me. Have mercy upon me, okay? You know how I see this? Father, it's over. Father, I'm coming home. Father, we made it. We did it. Not one person in the world will be lost because it's finished. I'm on my way home. What does it mean? Was it worth the gamble? You better believe it. Was it worth the chance? You better believe it. And that's why I share with you people why I love God's book. I love God's book. The Bible runs from Genesis to Revelation, and I love it. Oh, the whole Old Testament fulfilled, uh, packed with promises, uh, packed with things God said, sealed them and gave them to us. The New Testament, the opening of a Savior, the giving of His life, the cross where He died, doctrines that tell us how to walk in this truth. And sure enough, a homecoming that's about to happen. Amen. I hope you're ready, folks. The trumpet may sound tonight, Hallelujah. and it's all over. I hope I have enough time to put a sign on my door. Everything in here, you can have it. I really mean that. <laughs> enough time to take the car out of the garage and say, if you want it, take it. Amen. It's yours. I've gone home. I've gone home. Hallelujah. You see, I see Calvary. And because of Calvary, heaven was opened. <laughs> Because of Calvary, I can see heaven. I can taste heaven. I can long for heaven. And guess what? I'm going to heaven. If you want to go with me, hey, we'll struggle together. But we're going to make it. Say amen. Get excited. Yes, yes, yes. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. 
Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Dear Lord, we are crazy because this is the night we're supposed to cry. But you see, Lord, 2,000 years have gone by. So we know what happened this night. And we know the joy that was birthed, the liberation that was given, the light that shone, the power that's ours. An enemy defeated hope that belongs to us. And so tonight we thank you for this. Oh, God, we're not alone. We are your people. And we will walk with you and we will talk with you all the days of our lives. And we will, Lord, be thy servants. Hallelujah. Permit me just a moment. Eyes closed and heads bowed. I'd like to make you an invitation. I'd like to invite you to heaven. Can't take you tonight because I don't exactly know when we're leaving. But I'd like you to be made ready because it's going to be the best happening in the whole wide world. If everything he said in the past has proven true, if every promise that was given has been fulfilled, if every joy that he gave us is still with us today, what can I tell you? I believe. 